Let me read it to you now. Um, it's uh, uh, coming from Luke. He says, now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. <laughs> that's, that's, we, we could almost say amen and go home after that, right? That we need to pray at all times and not lose heart. And he said, in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. And there was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him saying, give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect men, yet because this widow bothers me, <laughs> I love that, this woman bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now, will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? Isn't that an interesting line right there, that last one? Look at verse 8. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, we're going to come back to that, but you, did you just catch what you just saw? He just said, there, you, you guys watch the parable here, that this person wore down an unrighteous person simply by being persistent. And he goes, now, your father in heaven is your daddy. He's not even wicked. He's good. He's super good, in fact. So don't give up. Don't stop. Remember, the reason for this parable was that you would keep praying, keep persisting. And he says, however, however, when I do come Will I find faith on the earth? It's kind of, a, kind of a bummer low note, isn't it? But I want you to keep that in mind. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now this is in Luke 2, and the disciples, I'm sorry, Luke 11, starting in verse 2. And the disciples are asking Jesus. They, go, they come to Jesus, and they said, Jesus... Teach us how to pray. Now, there's a good reason why they're asking Jesus to teach them how to pray, because when Jesus prays, things happen. <laughs> Jesus is turning water into wine. I mean, that alone would be pretty cool, right? How many of you guys wish you had a friend that could turn water into wine, right? Just show up, bring your jugs. Jesus. Uh, anyway, there are other miracles. Sorry, I didn't mean to divert too much. Um, but they're looking and they're seeing the effectiveness of Jesus praying. And they're going, well, we're disciples. You're going to teach us how to roll. Jesus, how do we pray? And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, holy is your name. There's a whole preach right there, but the beginning part is he says, when you pray, you need to realize you're praying to your daddy. And he's a holy and he's a good daddy. So when you pray, remember, you're starting with the fact that he's your dad. And then you say, your kingdom come. You know, the translation for that, your kingdom come, do you know that, that the applicable way to do that is kingdom come? It's not, oh, Daddy in heaven, could you please, if you're not super busy, and if I've done everything well, maybe just sprinkle, please, if you could, Lord, would you please? No, 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 this is actually where you're making a declaration in your Father's name, and you're calling out, kingdom, come. Amen? That's a good thing. And then we continue on, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who's indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. So the first point I want you to catch, for you know, well, the sub point is it's your daddy. You're talking to your daddy. But the first big point here is how often do you do it? Daily. 
In other places we see it says to pray without ceasing. But the first thing we see when they're saying, God, God, how do, you, how do we pray? Teach us how to pray. And Jesus says, well, what I want you to do is I want you to say, Dad in heaven, holy is your name. Give us the daily things that we need. Give us this day what we need. So it's daily. So there's our first clue. Pray, pray daily. It continues here in Luke 11. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine's come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and he says, don't bother me. <laughs> the door's already been shut. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, Yet because of his persistence, he'll get up and give him as much as he needs. Did you catch that? Because of his what? Because of his persistence, he'll get up. So the second thing is persist. So we're talking to our dad. We're talking to our dad every day. And persistence is important, isn't it? Persistence is important. I tell you the truth. He won't get up because he's his friend. He'll get up because of his persistence. So he's saying, even somebody who's not as cool as God will be moved if you persist. And God's much cooler than your friend. God is much better than an unjust judge. How much more will your father hear you if you continue to persist? It conti he continues, so I say to you. Jesus just gave you that example. They said, how do we pray? Dad in heaven, holy is your name. Let your kingdom come. Give me today the things that I need. I forgive those that I need to forgive. And then he says, and so that they would know that they must pray and not give up, he shares the story. And then he says, so I say to you, in regard to your question about how to pray, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now, Suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Anybody going to do that? No. If he's asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? So I say to you, he's saying, so I say to you, you understand these things. So I say to you, I want you to ask. I want you to ask. I want you to knock. I want you to ask. We just heard because of persistence. So Jesus is saying, you want to know how to pray? I'm telling you to pray daily, and I'm asking you to persist. I'm telling you there's something about persistence. You know who understands persistence? Kids. My daughters understand persistence. They, they really do. And you know what? They, they, they know a couple of things. Number one, they know I'm their daddy. They have that figured out. They figured out that I'm their daddy. They also figured out that everything that they have up until a certain age comes from me and their mama, right? So they know that. They know their character. They're like, I figured out that you love me. I figured out that you're my daddy. And I figured out that if I keep asking, good things usually happen. They know this. They know this. So they come to me and they say, hey, daddy, my daddy. And you know kids are good too. You know, in the beginning of the prayer, Jesus says, our dad in heaven. Holy is your name. You know, our kids come up and they go, hi, daddy. I sure love you. It's not that different. That's not manipulation. That's just a good way to go. Jesus, in fact, is inviting us to do it. And so, so let, me just, let me just roll this out for you, right? So Mercy or Autumn, you know, they come to me. Daddy, can I? Not right now, hon. 
can I now? No. How about now? No. Now? Still no. Hey, Daddy, yeah. Do you remember the thing I wanted? Yes. How about now? No. Now? Soon. How about now? Okay, it's yours. Do it. Just do it. Just, you can have it. You can totally have it. Right? How many of you guys have been on the giving and receiving end of this? Right. You know. You know what persistence does. It works. It works. It's amazing how when you have it within your power to bless somebody that you love and they persist, you do. You do. And Jesus is saying, now if you, not even being perfected, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is good give you the things that you're asking for? But you must persist. You know, there's an interesting phenomenon that happens, and you've probably heard about this before, but there are orphanages that because of the need, the need is so great because there isn't foster care set up and because there aren't other things, then they've had to have large institutional orphanages in, in places like China, et cetera. And, and, and here's the eerie thing, you know, speaking with Wick and Jan, the directors of Streams of Mercy, uh, they support 5,000 orphans. We, we, we are a part of that, as you know. And they said it's so eerie. Sometimes you'll go into some of the, the actually, they don't support this kind. Uh, they, they do better orphanages because of this very thing I'm about to tell you. But some of the orphanages that they've gone to vet to see if we would help support them, they have so many children, so many infants in these, in these nurseries. And they said this, this, the, the most eerie thing is you go into there absolutely silent. Not one baby crying. And the babies don't cry. And do you know why they don't cry? Because they have cried and cried and cried. And there isn't enough staff to be able to meet beyond the, the sustenance needs, the diaper changing needs. But there's no room for like, I'm going to hold you. There's, no, there's not staff available for that. So what those children learned is no matter how much you cry, no one's coming. And so they stopped crying. That's what happens in an orphanage. But let me tell you something, guys. We're not orphans. You see, that is a, that's a destructive thing that was never in God's heart, that children would come to a point where they said, I don't, it doesn't matter whether I cry out or not, no one's coming. I need not persist in crying out because no one's going to come. So, it's, so I'm just going to shut it down. And it's an interesting thing that here in regard to prayer, when Jesus is speaking to us about how we should pray, that he says this, now suppose one of you, one of your fathers is asked, I'm sorry, now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish, he won't give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? If he's asked for an egg, he won't give him a scorpion, will he? And it goes on and it says this, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What an interesting twist. Did you see how this went? They said, Jesus, how do we pray? He said, Dad in heaven, holy is your name. Let your kingdom come. Give us today our daily needs. We forgive those that, that have sinned against us. Forgive us also, Lord. Lead us not into temptation. And then he says, and then make sure that you pray and you keep praying because it's a lot like this. And he gives an example that you don't give up. Persistence gets your friend to open the door and give you the loaf. And then he says, and your father's even better. And then he says, now how many of you, if you ask for something good, would you give them something bad? And then he, then he pivots and it's a strange thing because they weren't talking about Holy Spirit, but Jesus was talking about Holy Spirit. And when they said, how do we pray? He said, how many of you, if you ask, wouldn't give them a bad thing? How much more will your Father give you the Holy Spirit? You know what the first thing that the Holy Spirit does when the Holy Spirit comes? You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. He's the seal. The Spirit of God is the seal 
of adoption. Whereabout we cry out in Romans it says, Abba, Father, which means Daddy, God. The first thing the Holy Spirit does is come and says, you're not an orphan. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are not an orphan. Cry out to your daddy. And you go, but I'm an orphan. I don't need to, I won't cry out. I already tried that before. Nothing happened. I cried until my voice was hoarse and no one came. And the Holy Spirit says, that was then. This is now. You were an orphan. Now you're a child of God. You need to find your voice and cry out. Amen? So you need the Holy Spirit in order to pray. And then you begin to call out, Daddy, now? What about now? How about now? 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 Is it now? Now, now? Now? How about now, Lord? Now seems good to me, Lord. Lord, now? (laughs) I love it. I love it. Another thing that the Holy Spirit does for us is it says that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses because we know not that which we should pray. And the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Come on. Let's just go back to my girls, right? You know, like those times when things aren't going awesome and you're just like, you know, but, you know, can I, can I have the, can I, can I go ride my bike now? Well, did you do your dishes? Yeah, I did my dishes. Okay, well, not yet. It's like a groaning that can't be uttered. It's legal in the kingdom. You and I get to do that with the Lord. And he's like, all right, ride your bike. I'm not saying you should pout. I'm just saying the Holy Spirit lets us have groanings that can't be uttered. You need to embrace that. That was good for me. You know what, Josh? That was a good word, dude. Thank you. Thank you. No, he gives us prayers when we don't know what to pray. He reminds us we have a daddy. He reminds us to keep persisting because you're not an orphan, so you need to call out because your daddy hears. And he also gives you prayers you don't need to pray. Some of them even without words. Some of them literally groanings that can't be uttered. Sometimes your soul just needs to cry out. Sometimes it's in the tongues of angels. Sometimes it's in the tongues of other, other foreign tongues. And sometimes it's a groan that can't be uttered. And sometimes it's a prayer you didn't know to pray. I love it when Holy Spirit brings a scripture to mind and I get to pray an apostolic prayer. Lord, open the eyes of my understanding right now, God. Give me a spirit of revelation and wisdom that I would see the height and the breadth and the width and the depth of your love, God. Amen. The Holy Spirit inspires you and invites you to cry out to Dad. It's good, isn't it? And the other thing the Holy Spirit does is reminds us to persist. Hey, don't give up yet. Don't give up now. Keep going. Keep praying. Keep asking. How many of you guys want to be at peace? How many of you want to break away from anxiety and anxiousness? This is an invitation in prayer. We're, we're called and we're invited to do just that. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Oh, I like that. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men that the Lord is near. Now, I love this, right? Because I think there's a double entendre here. The Lord is near. Like, he'll be coming quickly. But also, the Lord is near. I don't need to be anxious I can be gentle with you because the Lord is literally in me by the Holy Spirit. He is right here. (laughs) I don't need to be mad. I got my dad. You see that? It even rhymed. You can write it down. It'll stick with you. He's near. Suddenly I'm able to be gentle. And so then I pray to him daily, don't I? And I persist. Then it says this, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. 
Let your requests be made known to God. There it is again. In everything. With supplication. That's again, like, what about now? How about now? Could I, Lord, would you move now? Now would you bring it through God? Lord, I'm still, this hasn't happened yet and I'm calling out for it. Now seems like a good time. Lord, you're so good. You know what I love about you, Lord? You could move right now. I'm just inviting you into one of my conversations with the Lord. Let your requests be made known to God. And then here's what's interesting. The peace of God. And then, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As I rejoice in the Lord, as I take time to say, Lord, Dad, Almighty, you're so good. You're so faithful. I'm not just saying that to make you feel good. I'm also saying it because it's true. I'm saying it because it makes me feel good. And I'm also saying it to make you feel good. It's true. I'm rejoicing in what you've done. I'm rejoicing in your character. I'm rejoicing in all of these things. And then suddenly, suddenly I remember dad's near me. Suddenly I remember that I'm talking. It's not, he's not off somewhere too busy. I was just watching a comedian, and unfortunately, she doesn't know the Lord. She grew up in a, a very legalistic religion that put God way, way, way far away, and she actually became famous based on a, on a phone call to God's skit that completely misrepresents who he is in every way, shape, and form. And I was just thinking, gosh, isn't that so sad? But then I began to think, how many of us in practice, though, though we might think that we believe something different, we actually react the same way with him as though, he's, as though we're on the phone, you know, and it's ringing and ringing and taking a really long time for him to get there. And then when he does answer, he puts us in hold. And then there's a whole bunch of complications and it doesn't work out, right? But here, this paints a different picture, doesn't it? Is that he's actually near to me. I'm not calling out to a God who's not paying attention. I'm talking to a God who's right here with me, so I don't have to be anxious. I can keep talking about it. He's seeing the same thing I'm seeing. We're doing this thing together. Such a beautiful picture. I love this last part, too. The peace of God which surpasses all comprehension. Are you comprehending what that says? It means that the peace of God actually goes beyond what you currently understand. That's a huge invitation for Westerners. Because we actually think that we have to understand things in order to, to okay, you know what, I'm going on and hold it, let me bring it back. That is hard for us to understand because we are very, very mental about everything. We're more about like, I need to have the, the I need to know about this, and we put that before I need to know him. I need to know about him, whereas the kingdom says I need to be with him, and then he'll teach me all things. Do you see that? I'm not making this point very well. Let me try again. The peace of God which surpasses all comprehension. What it means is that his peace is more sure, more stable, and more real than what you know. It means that you don't have to know everything about God in order for God to know everything about you and be with you beyond what you could even comprehend. It means it's not based on how smart you are or how much knowledge about things you can get. That's not where your peace comes from. In fact, Paul even says that knowledge puffs up, but love makes you perfect. So it's love over just knowledge. And that's great news because it's an invitation to actually enter into peace about what you know and peace, probably maybe even more importantly, about what you don't know. How about that? And that's found in this part of prayer. Hallelujah. Peace is knowing that he's my dad. 
So we come back to this. <laughs> However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? What a, what a question, Jesus. What a question. I mean, he lays out, as we just saw, in fact, let's, let's just go back to the very beginning here. And I'll just preach the sermon again. I don't think you were listening. I'm just kidding. I just want to read this scripture. Now, he was telling them a parable to show them that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. He's telling them this parable. And then they say, we want to know how to pray. He says to him, when you pray, Dad in heaven, your kingdom come. Give us every day our daily bread. And then he says, now suppose one of you has a friend. Goes to him at midnight. He says, lend me three loaves, etc. You know it. I tell you, verse 8, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, yet because of his persistence he'll get up and give him as much as he needs. He goes on to say, so in the same way I'm telling you, ask, knock, continue. You know how to give good gifts. How much more will your father give good gifts? How much more will your father give you the Holy Spirit? However... The verse before, I tell you, he will bring about justice for them quickly. He's better than the unrighteous judge. However, will I find faith when I come? That's a loud however, isn't it? Will he find faith when he comes? So it makes you ask the question, well, then what is it? What is this? <clears throat> I'm, I'm eternally young, apparently. What is this? faith what is the evidence of it how do we know we've got it do you know what it is it's that you keep asking it's that you keep asking you keep knocking you keep asking and knocking and knocking and asking asking and knocking and knocking again asking and knocking knocking and asking it's like a dr seuss children's book that you keep reading over and over until what? Until he answers you. Until you keep knocking until he answers with the thing that you requested. Or, listen to this, or, or something better. Did you hear what I just said? You see, you keep knocking. Lord, I'm just, just reminding you, just doing what you told me to do. You know, Karen and I are right in the middle of a couple of things that are, that are, they're a big deal for us. They're a big deal for us. It's a faith walk. It's stretching for us. We're doing a couple things we've never done before. And you know what? A whole bunch of parts of this are completely outside of our control. And, and you know what? I've done some pretty adventuresome things, and I, I like to believe that I've got a decent penchant for faith, you know? But we're having to exercise some new faith muscles in areas where I haven't done it before. So even though I can think about it conceptually, right? How many of you have like, I could work out. It's no problem. And then you lift, and you're like doing the shaky thing. Your muscles are like, oh, we haven't done this. You're like, in my head, we've done it. Yeah, well, <laughs> right? Well, it's like that. So our muscles are like, ah, and they're shaking, and you're like, yeah. And in the meantime, you know what we've been doing? We're like, Lord, Lord, we're still asking that you make this thing come together. Lord, we're asking that that third party and that fourth party are going to do the thing they said they would do. Lord, it hasn't happened yet, and you invited us to keep asking. So we're just letting you know. And we've been doing that. We're driving down the road. And when it comes up, when that anxiety starts to come up of like, ah, oh, we're still waiting on that thing. And then I'd just be driving, and I'm like, Lord, I'm just reminding you that we're waiting on that thing. 
Just reminding you, and Karen's like, amen. Me too. And we're continuing to ask. We're continuing to remind the Lord. And I'm inviting you to steal my cool ninja moves because they work really well and they're scriptural. That when you notice something coming up, that you ask again. When you're anxious about something, you don't go, oh my gosh, and turn to your wife and go, I'm really worried about that thing because it hasn't happened yet. Instead to say, gosh, you know, feeling a little bit of anxiety. Lord, I'm just going to thank you again because I'm remembering all the times that you've answered my prayers. See, the first thing that Karen and I do is this. We feed on the testimony. Good word, Pastor Mara, right? We feed on the testimony. What does that mean? It means I go, Lord, I remember that time. I remember that time when I needed $18,000 to go on a mission trip with Karen, and all I had to bring to the table was 13, no, 33 cents. And you provided every cent of it. God, that was awesome. You did that. That was amazing. And at that time, Lord, that was the first time that I had to receive money instead of send other people to missions. And that was really hard. But you came through and you showed me you were faithful. Lord, that was so amazing. I'm only asking right now, Lord, for a couple of thousand dollars to happen in this situation. I know you're going to come through. You see that? See, I remember what he did. I remember what he did. And I feed on that testimony. It makes my heart feel better. Oh, that's right. Dad totally came through. Right? And so then, then what do I do? I thank him for it. Just like I told you, I just thank him. Thank you. Thank you that you did that. That was amazing. Thank you. And then you know what I do? So, Lord, in light of that, how about now? Now, Lord? How about now? What about now? Is now a good time? Now seems good for me. I checked. My schedule is wide open. Now's great. No? Okay. Well, Father, I remember the time that you made me wait that one time. I remember you didn't let me marry Tanya, although my heart cried out. Lord, and I knew that she was the one for me. Oh, beautiful, sweet, sweet Tanya. God, you know my heart. Give her to me, oh Lord. And the Lord was like, let me give you someone better for you. Also, let me give her someone better for her. <laughs> like, let's not get that mixed up. It takes a special kind of woman to handle all of this. <laughs> so here's the deal, though. Here's the deal. I kept knocking. I kept asking until the Lord gives me what I requested or gives me something better. See, a lot of us have been hearing a lot of things about, well, no is an answer. Well, it is an answer, but it's not the one that makes you stop asking. Did you hear me? I'm saying there's a lot of times that I believe that we're signing God's name to the answer no when it ain't him. Because as far as I can see in these scriptures, when Jesus says, when I come, will I find faith on the earth? Who wants you? Let me just go. Okay. Who wants you to shut up? What's his name? Yeah, the adversary. The, 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 the king of the flies. Beelzebub. The accuser of the brethren. You need to shut your little sanctified piehole. Shut up. If you keep praying, his kingdom's going to come. Shut up. The answer's no, shut up. Shut up, you little brat. Shut up, you're an orphan. Stop crying. Orphans, shut it. Should use this clip, right? Come to Christ Center. Orphans, shut it. Who's telling you that? The one that knows that if you keep persisting and you keep asking, he's either going to give you exactly what you're asking for or something better. But it's never going to be no. It's never going to be shut up. 
He is your good dad. So you have to keep knocking. And you got to keep asking until he gives you what you requested or something better. Can you receive this? Amen. Amen. So when he comes, what's he going to find? He's going to find us asking, isn't he? Amen. Is he going to find you asking? He's going to find you knocking? You know, you think about some of this stuff too, whether it's personal growth, whether it's spiritual breakthrough, whether it's needing to see your business prosper, whether it's healing in someone's body, whether it's someone coming to the, to the, to the, to the faith, whether it's your own, some kind of an addiction or something you're trying to get out of, or bad habits, or whatever it is, and you cry out, God, help me with this, Lord, help me with this, and he does, and you, and you make it a few days, or you get some breakthrough with that person, or that person starts to take some steps of faith, and you're like, yes, and then, and then you fall down, or they step back or something happens and you're like oh nuts I guess the answer was no what take a page from my baby take a page from my daughters and be like but dad you said dad dad you said you said dad you said you said that we were going to do this dad I remember when you said it because it was what I wanted and I tattooed it on my heart dad you said, you have to do what you said, Dad. Dad, you can't change. How am I going to learn about truth-telling, Dad, unless you do what you said, Dad? And I'm like, all right, we'll do it, right? Well, Dad is so much better than me, and I give in just based on persistence. Are you with me? Come on, some of you are doing this for your kids. You don't even love them. You just know they're going to kill you if you don't just give them what they want. And your dad's really good. This is a bad end right here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up. Here we go, here we go. Are you with me? So you need to do this. You need to do this. Pray to dad. Do it daily. Keep persisting. Eat the testimony, right? Think of all the times he came through. And then just keep knocking and asking and knocking and asking. Stand up right now. We're knocking and asking. Just stand up. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in every place where the enemy or discouragement or an orphan spirit has come in and taken the place of faith between you and dad, in Jesus' name, I just command those things to lift right now in Jesus' name. Discouragement, you got to go in Jesus' name. Fear, you got to go in Jesus' name. Rejection, you have to go in Jesus' name. Faithlessness, you have to go in Jesus' name. Not that you guys are faithless, but there's a spirit of faithlessness that tries to attach itself. Get out of here. And in the name of Jesus, I just call for the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. The joy of the Lord, which is your strength, to just come. By the power of the Holy Spirit, let the joy of the Lord begin to increase in you right now. The joy of the Lord. Lord, just increase the joy. Just increase the joy. And in 